Felix from Downey, California. He's a uh, synth rock musician, uh, plays some really cool stuff. He's going to share some of his music uh, with us. How are you doing today, Vaughn? I'm doing pretty good, just chilling like a villain. Chilling like a villain, chilling like a felon. I love it. All <laughs> righty. So, do, do, do. yeah, talk talk to me. Uh, what's uh, Tell us about Vaughn Felix and your music and uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, well, Vaughn Felix and my music is, um, I, the, the style is, like you said, 80s synth rock. Is that what you said earlier? 80s synth rock? I like that. Yeah, so 80s synth rock. I love synth. I love the mixture of, which will be morally on a double album I'm working on right now, like guitars, and then that synth in the background doing some cool melody. I love that. It's because that heavy wall of sound with some synth. Oh, man, this is dreamy. Oh, yeah. Dreamy and creamy. Right. But yeah, it's it's good. Um, I don't really have like much of a raspy voice, you know. I'm I'm more of a you know a Robert Smith esque type of thing. People tell me. I don't know. People tell me that. I don't know why. Maybe I sound just like him. Maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, I I think the the melodies and things that you use are a little bit. I think that has a little bit more of your songwriting style. Um, your voice reminds me of someone else. I can't put my finger on, but you have your own unique style, and I love it. Um, so when you started writing these songs and putting this music out, what's one thing you wish you'd known, uh, going into this? Well, I originally, um, you know, wrote these songs a while back and at the time I wasn't really into social media, getting my music out there. You know, I was just concentrating on produce, write, create, produce, write, create. But when it came to getting, getting it exposed, I, I was very, uh, uh, unknowledgeable in that and so I think that kind of hindered any exposure that I could have gotten so round two that's what I'm working on now is um, different types of marketing different types of ways to get you know my music heard in the sea of infinite musicians yeah, that's uh, that's that's something that you know I see so many musicians you know hitting me up just out of the blue like, hey, listen to me, listen, listen to me. And like, I don't even know what kind of music you play. <laughs> I know when people do that, I'm just like, I'll check them out real quick. And if it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of get put off when someone leaves a, a, a comment, you know, hey, check out my music. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, check out my music. And uh, out of total, out of context, you know, just like a comment. And so, I mean, if it's in a conversation, that's different, but it's yeah. just, I don't know. No, I, I, that puts off most people, and it's it's a reason why a lot of artists struggle to get themselves heard because they keep on, you know, just sliding into your DMs, your comments, just out of context. You know, you're talking about puppies, and they're like, "Hey, that's cool. Check out my music." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." Yeah. I guess the only time that I do do that is. Um, when let's say I, I put a couple ads out, and so I gained a couple of friends, and then 
I'll do an introduction, let you know, like little message, like, "Hey, thanks for accepting my friendship," you know, kind of thing like that. And I, I cherish everyone who likes my music, and so I say, "Hey, thanks for for adding me as a friend. Um, I'm here. I'm a new musician. Che- hopefully, you have time to check this out." But I'm not like one liner. Hey, check out my music. It just came out last week. You oh, know, yeah, kind of no. thing. Or if not, half the time it's just the YouTube link, not even a check out my music. <laughs> That's true. That's totally out of context. But yeah, so I do I do kind of spam people here and there and there and here, but it's you know, time is so scarce. Yeah. I wish there was like an automated spammer, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh god, there is. Don't use it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> So uh there's a lot that, you know, when you think about the rock and roll lifestyle, especially, you know, you, you think about all those shows where, you know, Robert Smith was just hammered on stage things like that sex drugs rock and roll it's 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 the dream right but what does the rock and roll lifestyle mean to you oh man i'm the opposite i don't do any of those things unfortunately um i try to keep it clean and uh you know because i'm I'm not a touring musician i'm not a performing musician right now i mean that could change in the future but um that you know all that uh, sex drugs rock and roll that's I, i i've just seen so many artists um that i love musicians and bands just kind of just go downhill and crash and burn from it so it's just not my digs i still like to have fun but uh try to in other ways without getting crazy or anything like that yeah there's a part of me that wonders you know if the seven twenty seven club never you know existed how much great music those artists would have made but also there's a part of me that wonders like what if they ran out of stuff you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely believe that there, there, there is, you know, it, just like the Beatles, I mean, or anyone who's ever experimented with stuff and they're like, whoa, butterflies, and they make a song that feels like butterflies, I'm just doing something crazy. So, you know, it, to that respect, to, to each is their own, and, but for, for me personally, I, I choose to tap into a different avenue of music creation to make beautiful sounding, you know, music. Respect, man. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Oh man, I'm not weird at all. I'm probably the most boring person. I I strive to try to be weird. Um, yeah, I'm not weird. I I, I don't even look like a musician. I don't. I which I do need to get a new wardrobe because I'm wearing a polo right now. What musician wears a polo? Uh, <laughs> Rivers Cuomo? No, not even Rivers Cuomo ever. I don't think wear a polo. The the guitarist from Cage the Elephant. The only guy I can think of. Okay, yeah, and it's it's like a typical dad dad polo. It's not even a cool one with some sort of design on there. It's just a, a Target polo. Ah, so, dad core is a thing. <laughs> so I, I think I, I should dress the part more. You know, I don't know, just because I mean I don't know. Anyways. Sorry, stuttering. Uh, no, who, who says you need to wear the uniform to be a badass musician? You know, like, I don't know. That doesn't make, that's that's, never made sense that, to me. That's true, because I see all these um, uh, wuss rockers out there who wear, tat, you know, wear leather jackets, tattoos, piercings, and then they sound like uh, Nickelback. So I hear you, you know. Right, and plus the authenticity is huge. Like, I remember I, one time I went out and, you know, I wore a leather jacket to to a, like an album release show that I did and I did just who the fuck is this guy like I didn't I have no idea what I was doing like I wear suits 
half the time, <laughs> you know, t-shirts the other half the time. I'm, you know, I mean, I started riding motorcycles and then I started wearing a leather jacket because, you know, safety. Oh, yeah. Right. Burn. But, yeah. You don't want to yeah. get the burn. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been tackled by enough homeless peoples on the streets of San Diego and knocked off my <laughs> bike to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. You need a, a, a needle, anti-needle piercing leather jacket. Anyways, <laughs> bad joke. But. God. That brought up some horrible images. Uh, so switching gears from that, uh, what have you been listening to lately that's uh, inspired you? Um, basically, I you know, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I think I listened to all of my classics from the '90s. I'm a '90s guy. I was a teenager in the '90s, and I think for me, that was the the best time in music. That was the the last of the greatest, in at least in rock and alternative rock and grunge rock and and metal and things like that because so i because i listened to everything from the cure all the way to pantera you know what i mean so and that was the heyday of, of them and so but nowadays i i've been trying to go on a playlist either on spotify or on on apple music because i have both now and just try to see what i like and then go from there but you know, the, the, I think the days of like rock star idol, that's long gone, right? There's just a bunch of uh, smaller artists who make great music. So, uh, but just the classics. So still, you know, The Cure, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, of course. Um, all the, I don't know, fill me in. Who, who else is there? Who am I missing? I don't, I, 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 there's, I could go on for hours about who you're missing. Weezer. You know, Weezer. <laughs> um, you know, I was more of, I, I like all the radio hits back then, but I don't like all the bubblegum stuff. I, I like Blink-22, they're kind of bubblegummy, but, you know. They're, they're ridiculous, but yeah, no, they're they're <laughs> fun. I love their new lineup, though. Uh, Matt Skiba is a great replacement for uh, Tom DeLonge, in my opinion. But Oh, I, I haven't heard it. Is oh. it brand brand new, or? Yeah, well, no, like five years they've been doing it now. They kicked, they kicked Tom out, like, five years ago. And replace him with uh, Metskiba from Alkaline Trio, and he's okay. a, he's a way better musician. So, okay, okay, I, I remember they put out an album, um, maybe three years ago, was it? Two yeah, or three that, years ago? Yeah, he was on that. Okay, and they have a song called San Diego or something like that, right? Where you're from? Yeah, San Diego. San Diego. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That album, I love that album. <laughs> it's a winner. Um, it, it doesn't have the the guy with the high pitchy whiny voice. It has the the guy with the the lower yeah voice, but but still I like it. You know? Exactly. That's that's I think what you know one of the benefits of getting rid of Tom DeLonge was. <laughs> but um, tell us how you really feel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens, man. Uh, so, what's your biggest failure? You feel like as a songwriter, and what did you learn for it? I think my biggest failure as a songwriter, um, I don't know. I think I'm a great songwriter. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I'm not kidding. But as, as probably as a musician, uh, I think my biggest failure is probably not learning my craft as good as I could. I sh- could have probably practiced for more hours and more hours and learned some guitar theory and uh, things like that. Because sometimes when I'm chasing a melody, I'm sure if I learned guitar theory, I'd be like, oh, I know what notes are in this scale that I'm trying to. But so I hunt for the melody that's in my brain 
And sometimes I'm like, duh, 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 duh. oh, there it is. Duh, duh, you know, so it takes me a little more time, but I eventually get there. Word. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who is uh, aspiring to be a uh, singer, songwriter, musician, producer, all that fun stuff? Oh, geez. It, it's, um, yeah, to do it all, it's it's going to take a long time. It's not something that you can just pick up and you'll be really good at. So do one thing at a time, take steps. I mean, if you want to be, because think about it this way, if you're a musician, you have to learn the craft of uh, being a musician. You have to be good at that. And then if you're going to be a producer, you have to learn how to mic, how to you know set up the instrument, mic the instrument. And then obviously as a producer, you got to be your own drummer. So you got to do when you're with your fingers, tap with your fingers, you got to learn. You have to be literally, you have to be every um, musician in the band. Not only that, you have to be the recording engineer, you know, so you have to learn the 5,000 buttons on your, your uh, digital audio workstation, whether it's logic or whether it's pro tools or all the others, you know, millions of, um, recording programs out there you have to learn all the functions and that in itself is a full-time job so everything that being a producer and songwriter is literally a full-time job so you got to take it serious and you literally have to devote 16 hours a day if, if you want to go full steam for example if you know um, if you want to go from zero to your potential you got to just take it seriously and you can't mess around and you got to educate yourself go on youtube get some classes sign up for some classes etc cetera, etc cetera. Take it seriously and know that it takes time. It's not going to be next year. It's not going to be, you know, it, it, unless you're a prodigy. Uh, prodigy? Prodigy. 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 <laughs> unless you're some prodigy or something. That all those things take time. They take years, years, and years. No, absolutely. absolutely. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's, uh, that's important to realize. So many people look and they think that stars are born overnight. Uh, but I recently found Interpol's first uh, first demo that they recorded a couple years before their first album came out, and you know they took five years of uh, playing out and playing shows and writing music and recording until that anyone cared who they were. And you listen to the same songs on their demo versus their album; they're so much more refined and and polished, and there's so much more of a distinct sound. There's that happens with a lot of musicians. Everyone thinks that, oh man, this is my new favorite band. They just came out of nowhere. No, they've been playing, you know, performing and recording and writing music for years and years before you ever knew who they were. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's um, in the generation that we live now where, you know, we're on a website and it doesn't load fast enough. We get frustrated. And we're like, oh, this thing sucks, you know, kind of thing. So I think that we need to be realistic and, and try to, uh, understand how long uh, time, how long things actually take, that there's no substitution for hard work, there's no substitution for experience and uh, learning your craft. And I think that, you know, I think more people need to try to, even myself, because sometimes, I mean, I'm not preaching to anybody. I, I look at myself, I sometimes I look at someone as a band and I'm like, how the heck do they have this many followers and this many likes and they like are half as good as me? And like, I get frustrated and I'm thinking, you know what? I just started my profile, my Instagram, just few months ago so I, I need to put myself in check as much as i'm telling people to do the same thing so <laughs> exactly but you know that's uh it's yeah it's easy to get frustrated sometimes because growth is incremental incremental but you know it's it's you, you keep on putting that work and you know day after day month after month year after year you see results 
so we're uh, we've got the song frame by frame uh, that you you sent us that it's I really love this track dude. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Online, uh, any any music streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, YouTube. Uh, pretty much anywhere you ingest your music, you will find me. At least that's what my distributor says, right? Um, but if you're into social media, you can. My my social media handle is Vaughn Felix Music, but I'm just Vaughn Felix on the streaming platforms. So, um, and you'll see me. I'm a Filipino Asian guy with uh, glasses. So, when you see an old fat Asian guy with glasses, that's me. So. Yeah. And the acoustic guitar that you can't hear anywhere on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So here we go. This is frame by frame. Let's do this. The stars, they take forever, forever to align. Align into perfection The perfection I have in my mind The moment our eyes connected Frame by frame slow motion Gravity struck me And struck me until I was dead This feels for reals Never let you get away How to convince it to stay Time said hello Time said goodbye In what it seemed like Seconds for seconds I saw my Frame by frame, I miss you. Frame by frame, I 
That's something else. Yeah, I think I saw you on Instagram do a little video where you kind of went through your uh, your guitar line and then you took it and you transposed it in your in your DAW into synth, and I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's that's literally how I created it, and that's how I write my songs. You know, so it's even though I, I on my Instagram I'm heavily based in my little acoustic guitar. Because that's the that's where the birth of the songs come from, you know. So so I, I might turn it into like a heavy distortion guitar, and I'm not like a heavy metal guy, um, but I still like that that sound, the wall of sound of, of distorted guitars, and just you know, got to get some guts in there sometimes. Um, or I can be happy Disneyland like uh, frame by frame. So you know, all sorts. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so what was the moment you knew that this was the life for you, that the songwriter, singer, bedroom producer lifestyle was what you were all about and what you were going to pursue? Um, it was just a few months ago, earlier this year, I, I kind of reflected on, on a few things about life, life, oh, that life question. Right. And then I was like, you know what? First and foremost, I'm a musician. I was a musician since I was a teenager and I want to get my music out there. And when I discovered how easily it was to get your music on a streaming platform and for people to hear, that really motivated me because that's the thing that actually unmotivated me several years ago was that, um, you know, I, I felt like only my little circle could hear it and no one could just pick up their phone and, oh, let me play a song by this guy, uh, as you could for a big artist. So, um, you know, that whole situation motivated me to say, you know what, let me, let me rethink this and let me re-strategize and not to sound boring and technical, but that's really what started the emotional part, the drive, the why of why I want to get my music out there is because I, I really like my music and I hope that other people do too. And let's see where it goes. And I'm trying to push hard with getting it exposed. And, and let's see let's see what we can make of it. So that, digging into that why, what makes you, uh, what drives you as a musician? Um, I think what drives me as a musician, that, that's a question I've never been thought about before. <laughs> um, you know what it is, is if I were to reflect back on the cure, which is my biggest influence, there is this thing. And I think you, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it, there's this thing that you want to achieve in your, in your heart or in your mind. And you're trying to always chase after that. You're always trying to replicate it. You know? So when I hear the cure and how they make me feel, I, I'm like, man, I want to create something like that, that made me feel that particular way so every song I'm like, man, oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't enough or it was, but I want more. I want more. And it's just that feeling. And that's what music is, um, is, is how it affects people. And I'm not trying to get all spiritual woo woo on anyone, but really that's why we listen to music. That's why we cry to music. That's why we laugh. That's why we dance. That's why we thrash to music because it, it moves us. And for everyone, it has their own different reason. And so for me, I'm like, man, I want to create that perfection that I, that wants uh, awakened me when I listened to The Cure and I keep talking about The Cure. It sounds like I'm a spon paid sponsor. Anyways, um, so I try to achieve that in my own music and like, how can I create something so beautiful and I can get the world to see it? 
Yeah, no, I mean, this, I might as well be a sponsor for The Cure. Robert Smith's my favorite. I think I, I don't think an episode of the show has existed where I haven't talked about Robert Smith and what an underrated guitarist he is at some point. So you're absolutely right. Like, Disintegration, you know, opens up with plain song, and you didn't know music like that could exist, especially me from my punk rock background. Um, but then, you know, the first time I ever saw The Cure live, they, they didn't even have an opener because they played for three and a half hours and their third encore was uh, three imaginary boys just straight through. Oh, like wow. Album. Yeah, that's their third encore is their first album. <laughs> like Straight through after playing Jeez. for three hours. It was insane. And then I've seen them every time I can since. And it's always been just a beautiful, stunning performance. And they still put on one of the best live shows in music. And it's, uh, I think people... Of all genres and backgrounds, people who like pop, people who like punk, people who like alternative, they can all get into something that The Cure does. And I think that that's so rare in music. Right, right. And also, too, a live performance. Um, you know, sometimes when an artist or a band is in the studio, they don't capture how grand, how big a song could be. When you when you hear it live, it's like there's no, there's no uh, limits you know, the fader goes all the way to the top on every instrument. It's so cool. And that's why we feel so much energy. Not so much, not so much because it's loud, but it's just the energy is just, uh, you can't re replicate it uh, on a record. Like you're, you're the super sweet and innocent guy. I know, but I know at some point you've <laughs> got to get super frustrated about things because, you know, life is life. What's your favorite curse word when something goes wrong? Oh, geez, probably crap. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I try to make it a point to, to not curse. That's just my, that's just who I am. That's just, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but, you know, I try to use crap or other simulated words as much as I can. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's perfect, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I probably cursed way too much, uh, but yeah, it, it, you are who you are, right? Yeah, um, oh yeah. So you do it all. You play guitar, you play synths, you record, you do your mixing, you do everything but your mastering. Um, what's your favorite piece of gear uh, that you use when you record? Um, probably probably the, the interface to record. I'm sorry, the, the computer interface, which is the DAW, Digital Audio Workstation. I'm not sure how geeky your audience is or if they're just normal people. But the, basically the program... I don't know what program, a normal person is. Say, say again i don't know what a normal person is oh there you go a, a non-technical person um but the, the the software that that you use to organize and and mix um only because i just think that you can have something that's so basic and you can turn it into something that's totally uh, metamorphosized metamorphosized is that a word metamorphosis like what a now. caterpillar does there you go so you can turn it into that. You can do that uh, in your computer workstation. So I, th I think that's my favorite, only because I don't really have fancy gear. You know, I think the like the my audio uh, what's it called? The thing you plug in your guitar. Your interface. My interface. My interface is just like a basic hundred fifty dollar interface. Um, probably my microphone. It's a nice microphone. I use it for the singing and acoustic guitar. It's a Bluebird microphone that's three hundred dollars when i first bought it um but that's about it those are the only two things that it takes to get it in your computer or my midi keyboard that's like 
50, 60 bucks. It's just a MIDI trigger. That's it. So the fun stuff happens for me once I get in because I can turn a basic guitar and I can make it sound like I'm playing in a, a grand concert hall, you know. That's awesome. And it's it's so crazy that, you know, 20 years ago when, when all of our favorite records were produced, right? You know, like none of that existed. Um, you know, there was, you didn't have that ability when the cure made disintegration, but now anyone can go in their bedroom and make a record that sounds almost as good as if it was made in, in at sunset sound, uh, with the right, <laughs> with enough practice and knowledge and, uh, work and that kind of thing. And it's, it's awesome to me that, uh, you know, my first record, uh, my first EP is golden plates. Uh, was recorded uh, in my buddy's closet. I was pretty much homeless uh, when my roommate bailed on me just out of nowhere and threatened me with... Anyway, we don't need to dig into all of that. But anyway, yeah, I I had this hand-me-down garage sale laptop, you know, a $40 interface, a guitar that was actually... The neck was broken. I had to bolt it back together. Um, Wow. (laughs) That was my first EP that I ever recorded. And, you know, it sounds... Considering how little I knew about recording five years ago, um, despite having gone to school for music engineering and music technology, you know, we learned how to record on, uh, you know, 40-year-old Korg workstations and doing little... Our final was like, record an eight-bar piece on a MIDI workstation. That was our final for electronic music production. Uh, (laughs) It was absolutely, you know, college is such a waste of money. That's uh, that's yeah. an, that's an unpopular opinion for me. But for I'm sure you've got some unpopular opinions that you know are true that everybody else thinks that you're 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 wrong. But you're you're absolutely right on. You're <laughs> die on that hill. What what would that be for you? Well, no, real quick to answer that question or to answer something else. Um, I went to the University of YouTube. That's where I learned everything. Yeah, right. you you. I don't know where you went, MIT or something fun like that, or or the the college. Yeah, University of YouTube, man. Like, uh, how do you equalize a guitar? How do you take the you know any little tiny thing? Boom, boom, boom. YouTube, and that's literally literally where I learned everything. Yeah, no, I went to a Cal State school, but uh, yeah, our you know our engineering classes. Instead of learning how do you EQ a guitar, it was like. You would just we would listen to certain frequencies and have to figure out what those frequencies are, but we never got any practical application of anything. It was all theoretical. It was so. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Don't don't Pop- ask the question. Unpopular opinions. Let's. let's Pop- see yeah. Un- unpopular opinion. Um, let me see here. Let me see. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, geez. Let me think here. Oh, I have a big one. If you, want, you want me to tell you a big one? I would love it. <laughs> All right. This is, this is, this is getting, this in, getting into some deep conspiracy theories right here. Here we go. I question the shape of the earth. Uh, uh, tell us because... more about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, one day I was watching a video like, oh, stars, universe, billions of stars and billions of universes and all this good stuff. And then like the next suggested video was this guy who he, he had his own camera um, and he was uh, focusing in on something that was like 50 miles away or 40 miles away. And then he was showing 
other depictions of photographers who who weren't who you know who had no bias they're just you know photographing beautiful landscapes and what they're photographing is a mountain range that's 250 miles away some insane you know and obviously we, we we can't we would never be able to conceive how do we see something that far but with the right temperature the right filters whatever they were using but the point of the video was uh how are we able to see that far shouldn't it like go over the horizon and be miles and miles under the horizon and so that's what made me kind of scratch my head and say okay so then um if you know that's what makes me question it and i'm still investigating it and i bring it up at family gatherings and they're like you're nuts and you're crazy and you're you know this and that and i get yelled at and i get so it is very unpopular because even amongst my friends are like how could you even question the shape of the earth and i'm like well you know um go look go look at any elon musk seat elon musk cgi launch go go look at the the when he, they put tesla and the, the spaceman uh, and don't tell me or you tell me if that's a uh hollywood stage or not and and uh, i don't know so things started adding up and and like i said if, if one day if i'm proven wrong great but at this point from what i see I question it big time. There's no, there's nothing more rock and roll than questioning everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that I, I know nothing. So, you know, folks, do the research. See, see what you come up with. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what would you say a common myth about being a musician is? Like when you tell somebody that you're a musician, singer, songwriter, whatever you refer to yourself as, uh, what's what? What? Do they, how do they react? That you're like, no, that's not right. That's not. That's not who I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, they look at me, and you know, I look like this. I look like this clean cut guy, and they're like, you, you play guitar, you make music, like, because I don't. Because typically, when you see someone who is uh, creative, they have a good style with their clothes. They have a good style with their hair, or with whatever. They're wearing a leather jacket, even. And I, right now, I'm I I wear polos. You know, I go to Target and I get polos or whatever, you know, not a cool design, not a cool logo. And so they're like, you, you play guitar. I mean, I meet people who I've known for years uh, who they, they knew I play guitar, but then they hear it and they say, oh, you wrote, you wrote that music. You wrote those drums. You wrote that bass line, that synthesizer. You sing what they look at me. And it, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like looking at Weezer, you know, if Weezer's wearing like a, some dorky clothes and you look at him, you met him on the street. You probably wouldn't think. But think of the old, fat, Asian dad-looking version of Weezer, and that's me. <laughs> no, I, I love it, though. Like, And then, you know, you've got the lead guitarist from Cage the Elephant, that guy wears polos. I'm all about the dad core. Like, I remember <laughs> one time I tried to wear a leather jacket at his show. Uh, you know, I normally wear suits on stage. That's kind of my aesthetic is, uh, you know, sport coat or T-shirt or full-on suit. And, uh, yeah, one time I decided I'd try to be cool and wear a leather jacket for an album release, try something new. And, yeah, I, I don't know who I thought I was, and neither did the crowd. <laughs> so it's, it's important to be who you are in, when you're a musician. Um, yeah, but uh, this has been fun, Vaughn. I've, uh, I really appreciate your insights on, on music and uh, making it and, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? Um, you know, just, um, 
I hope that you guys uh, check out my music and hopefully you guys like it. I'm not sure what uh, your listener base is, if they're more heavy rockers or if they're, I don't know, but if you like alternative rock, Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's one thing I can say is if they do check out my music now, um, my next album is going to be a double album. I'm going to have about 18 songs. So, and it's going to be more rock based. There's going to be more literally guitars in every song, like, and with some synth, you know, I love my synths with some guitars. So it's going to be heavier and heavier, which I'm going to be releasing soon. I'm, I'm in the midst, I'm knee deep in mixing it and replacing the drums, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, not to bore you. Um, but yeah, check it out. Hopefully you guys like it. If you like rock synth, uh, cure rock synth and I'm frame by frame. It really, really isn't rock. I mean, that's kind of like what pop rock. I don't know. Did, what do you think? Uh, synth rock, uh, synth wave, maybe synth rate, Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's actually good. I hear so much stuff that's called synthwave out there that's just some really bad arpeggiations on a synth and it's not well recorded <laughs> and that kind of thing. So a lot of times when uh, you know artists describe themselves in a certain genre that's really obscure, it's just to hide the fact that they're not talented and you're talented. So um, oh, I don't you. know. Yeah, well, let's, we'll just call it alternative rock because that's kind of the direction alternative rock's gone. It's or just a alternative. Uh, but yeah, who needs a genre? If you like it, you like it. Right. And yeah, sure, I, sure. I don't know. I, I listen to any guitar and instrument based music. So, uh, well, that's not entirely true. Like basically everything, but stadium country and mumble rap is what I'm into. <laughs> and so that's, I imagine what a lot of our listeners are into as well. Uh, so, okay. But, there you go. Yeah. Double album. That's a bold move in a world where everything's about the single, like, How, how, yeah. What, what, what inspired oh, you to go uh, that route? You're saying, why am I so crazy? What am I doing? That's career suicide. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that. I think it's a bold and impressive move. Like I've got, I've got an album coming out on Friday, so I'm, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, but it, it, I'm interested in to know, like, what, what made you decide to buck against the grain? Uh, there's, I think there's two things. One, uh, the, the main thing was that, um, you know, in, in a world where everything is dispensable from a swipe to, you know, everything is just real quick. I really believe that these are really good songs and I'm hoping. So my hope is that people will uh, hear one song and they say, yeah, I like that. And then it goes to that album because I come from the era where we listen to albums and tapes, right? And we listen to him. We're like, oh, I love this band. I love this band. And so my my hope is that people will kind of go back into that rather than, oh, this is one thing and going skip to the next, skip to the next, that they would actually like it. And then they would actually stay within the album and that they would actually appreciate that there's a lot of good songs. So I'm trying to handpick the best, the best, the best, and make a double album, 18 songs. Um, maybe that's a little egotistical, but that's my that's my hope, you know? But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I know it, every YouTube guru or music guru says, release a single, give them breadcrumbs and just, you know, get them, get on the Spotify play, playlist. And, and I'm sure that works for a lot of people. But uh, uh, hopefully people will find my music and stay within the album and then add me to their playlist. Well, I hope that happens for you, too. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Vaughn Felix. Go check him out. 
He's got some pretty awesome uh, music out there. Follow him on the Instagrams or whatever your favorite social media is. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Catch you later. Like your style. Thank you. Thank you.